This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 update video and podcast. Today, we're joined by Leonard Nelson, the AMA's Senior Assistant General Counsel in Chicago, who will discuss the recent Supreme Court decisions on vaccine mandates and the implications. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Leonard, thanks so much for joining us. Big decisions that came down this week, on both a, a large employer mandate uh, and uh, the one related to uh, health care. Let's start first by getting some background. Uh, why don't you start with a large employer mandate? Kind of what, what was it and what was on the table? Uh, the large employer, thank you, Todd. And the large employer mandate was a mandate which is in the form of a, a rule, a regulation uh, imposed by uh, the uh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which is a division of the United States Department of Labor. Um, and the mandate was that employers that hired at least 100 employees uh, were required to, they were required to require their employees to do one of two things, either be vaccinated and prove they're vaccinated or be tested weekly at the where, where the, of course, the employer could pay for the testing, but the, the employer didn't have to pay for the testing, and the employees would have to wear masks. So they had to do, the employers had to insist that their employees follow one of those two courses to prevent transmission of the COVID uh, 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 virus. And in terms of exceptions to that, any? Well, there were, there were exceptions, religious exceptions, um, and uh, exceptions that for those employees who didn't have close contact with other people at their jobs, like people who were working from home or were working completely exclusively outdoors, uh, then those would be exceptions. They didn't have to get uh, vaccine, you know, the vaccination or uh, the, the mask. And when was that scheduled to take effect? It was sort of a rolling schedule. Uh, there were various things. In other words, employer had to, uh, have a plan for, for making this come into place. Uh, and then uh, the, the employer actually had to do it. And the plan was, was late last year. And then the, the actual requirements were early this year, I think January. So the second mandate was smaller in scope, but directly related uh, to healthcare. Talk about the details of that particular mandate. Yes. Uh, well, this applied to healthcare uh, institutions, uh, such as, of course, hospitals most prominently, but uh, could be uh, other institutions as, as well, uh, the rehabilitation facilities. Uh, and, and those institutions were required, again, along roughly the same time schedule, but it was a little uh, more uh, less lenient uh, that they had to have their employees would have to be vaccinated. None of this masking stuff. So let's talk about uh, the decision itself. It's kind of a split decision, so to speak. 
between the two. Why don't we start uh, first on the large employer mandate? Okay, so uh, on the large employer mandate, the decision was six to three um, against uh, the, the large employer mandate. As a technical matter, the court simply said, we're going to uh, stay the mandate, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, that's like, that's it. Because the mandate itself is a temporary uh, requirement and it's gonna expire within a few months. And uh, I mean, maybe the federal government could come up with something else in light of the Supreme Court decision, maybe not. But at any rate, uh, with the large employer mandate, um, the court went through the statute uh, which is the OSH or OSH Act, and said, uh, we don't think that this came within the uh, purview of the OSH Act. And so, uh, I mean, on the one hand, the, the, the federal government through the Department of Labor said, the OSH Act says that it's up to the federal government to make sure, or, or at least the federal government has a role in making sure that employees are safe on the job, that they're protected on the job. And uh, the other side said, well, yeah, that may be, but uh, you know, traditionally nobody made a problem, nobody raised a fuss if the uh, Department of uh, Labor through the uh, OSHA administrative agency uh, said you had to wear a hard hat and goggles and steel-toed boots. Uh, but those are very closely related to what's going on in the job, whereas a mandate for vaccination um, is broader. Uh, if you get vaccinated, and if you find that that's an affront to your bodily integrity, you can't get unvaccinated mm -hmm. after, you, after you leave your, your job. So this you know, is a pretty, uh, in terms of implications, pretty widespread. I mean, we're talking about uh, the application to, you know, almost 85 million workers out there. And in, in terms of now the impact of this decision, can you talk a little bit about how that will, uh, how, what is the impact? Well, the immediate impact, if, if, if the court had gone otherwise, would be that, that many of large employers in the United States would be hopefully they've already been putting some pressure on their employees to get vaccinated, but they would have, they could sort of pass the buck and they could say, hey, it isn't us. It's the federal government. We're required to do it. You got to get vaccinated. And I tend to think, and this is my own opinion somewhat, that uh, that would give an out to the anti-vaxxer employees that they'd say, okay, you know, I, I didn't break the faith. I, I kept my traditions and, and, you know, I didn't give in, but I had to do it. And so I'm going to get vaccinated mm -hmm. and I go about my business. And, and according to the AMA and the uh, Centers for Disease Control, uh, that would save many, many thousands of lives and, and reduce hospitalizations significantly. I, I think the, uh, the specific estimate around that was that it would have uh, cause 22 million people to get vaccinated and prevent about a quarter of a million hospitalizations. So that's uh, quite a quite a big impact. I want to turn now to talking about the, the healthcare employer mandate. A different decision there. Let's talk right. about that. Right. Well, uh, there, the court 
both both cases, I mean, I think it's worthwhile to look at both cases together because in both cases, uh, the court was interpreting statutes that were passed decades ago. And it was long after the influenza uh, pandemic of 2018, 2019 had run its course. And it was before people could, before medical science had reached the point where it could create vaccines sort of on demand. And uh, so, so Congress didn't, in either statute, either the, either the Medicare statute or the Medicaid statute or the OSHA Act, in none of them did Congress specifically identify this exact situation about pandemics and creating vaccines and uh, forcing people to get vaccines, but they spoke mm -hmm. in broader language, which is not at all unusual. I mean, it's par for the course in statutes. And in the Medicare Medicaid Act, they said, the federal government's gonna spend money for Medicare, Medicaid services, and it's going to spend money on hospitals and other institutions. And the federal government has a right to see that its money is spent properly so that the money is gonna be spent to cure people, to make people better, not to subsidize institutions which will make people sicker by subjecting them to infectious diseases. So, so is that the basis for which a different decision came out here, which is in favor of the mandate right. on the healthcare side? Yes, that's right. But, but Todd, the problem is, uh, you know, it depends how you read those statutes. In neither case did Congress specifically say, okay, there's going to be a vaccine and it's going to be imposed on demand uh, on the people that are covered by these statutes. There's broader language, the, the, the language that hospitals have to be places of safety and health. Uh, and so they didn't say, and places where people have to get vaccinated if they're gonna work in, in those hospitals. So, you have so, to, is, that, you have to so is that 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 kind of difference that you're drawing there, is that why one was upheld and not the other? Well, that's what the Supreme Court would say. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily what I would say. Is it is it consistent with other previous Supreme Court decisions? And if not, how is this different? Todd, there have been thousands and thousands of prior Supreme Court decisions. So one can find, and, and many of the decisions are many pages long, and they say a lot of things in different contexts. So one could grasp at a straw in one decision and say, see, we're following that mm -hmm. straw in that decision and we're consistent with it. But in my judgment, no, I don't think that the, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, th there's, look, you, you gotta interpret, you've gotta read statutes that, that were passed at a different time to cover slightly different circumstances. And if I look at the, the late Department of Labor, the OSHA decision, no, I don't think, I don't think it followed precedent. I think it, it grasped at a straw to say, this statute wasn't 100% clear. And because it wasn't 100% clear in the eyes of these beholders, uh, then it didn't count. And the other, they, they went the other way. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. 
The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Regardless of uh, the Supreme Court decisions, the AMA has come out with a very specific stance uh, regarding these mandates and its stance on the decision. Can you talk about the AMA's position? Well, uh, it's not surprising. The AMA is very pleased with the, up, the mandate that was upheld in the Medicare-Medicaid context. That's very much what the AMA has had pushed for. And we're very disappointed in the Department of Labor, large employer mandate being uh, invalidated. I mean, obviously the reasoning behind the stance on the healthcare uh, uh, mandate uh, is, is pretty obvious in terms of uh, saving lives and the commitments to patients. How about the, the reasoning on the stance um, for the large employer mandate? We disagree with the reasoning. I'm not sure that we got to the granularity of saying this specific statement by this specific, you know, uh, section is it, it, it is uh, not doesn't meet muster. Uh, but I think that that I think that's got to be the conclusion of the AMA. You know, there's uh, there's obviously evidence that these mandates are working uh, or did uh, do work. We just got news from United Airlines this week uh, that their CEO talked about. Uh, what the impact has been, and they've gone from you know one employee dying a week to none uh, with the mandate that they put in place. Um, you know, when you you look at the impact of these two decisions, the combination of them two. How do you how do you think they're going to impact healthcare going forward? Well, in, in terms of lo- the, the 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 CMS, the the, the uh, Medicare Medicaid mandate, that's going to save lives, Todd. Save lives, save health. Lower hospitalizations make it for a healthier society. The, the failure to uphold the large employer mandate is going to do the opposite. It's mm-hmm. going to say COVID, you know, do go go ahead, COVID, do your worst. We're not going to stop you. And that's a tough thing to face when we read about you know the situation in hospitals right now, uh, overcrowding, uh, under resourced would not would not actually describe. Uh, the situation there, uh, with especially with the Omicron variant and the impact of that. So that's a tough situation to face for our physician and healthcare teams out there. And we're thinking of you. Uh, Leonard, thanks so much for being here to give your perspective on these cases. And uh, 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 we'll look for more information as it comes. That wraps up today's episode. Okay. And, Thank you, Todd. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more uh, from COVID-19 Update, our video and podcast uh, soon. In the meantime, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19 for more resources on COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.